Hey everybody! Hey guys! This is Zach. And this is Stuart. And this is the uh, main show. Uh, our our topic uh, today is one that I brought. It's yep. a uh, it's a movie that's near and dear to my heart. It's Masters of the Universe, or check out that armor on Skeletor. Uh, yeah, yeah. I've uh, decided to uh, don my um, underwear plus uh, some straps that go around my pecs. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the only thing you're missing is the uh, the cape. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but I did get the mullet. <laughs> oh, that man, blonde that mullet. so, so bad. God, he um, looks like a, what's his face from Tiger King? Um, oh, uh, Joe Exotic? Yeah. Yeah, I've that. seen a lot of that fan art um, uh, floating around the internet these days of like, Joe Exotic, because, you know, He-Man had in the cartoon, this this is a discussion of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, the the cartoon, He-Man actually has like this green tiger that he run, runs around on. Yep. So there's a lot of fan art I've seen of Joe Exotic as, as He-Man, uh, He-Man mm-hmm. with like multiple tigers. Tigers, yeah. No, yeah. this, yeah, this, the wig was, anyway. <laughs> anyway, so um, I guess... The way we're going to do this is I'm going to throw a lot of backstory and information that Stuart probably does not care about. <laughs> no, no, I care. I'm, I'm interested. Uh, um, and probably most of our listeners do not care about, no, but I if, find it fascinating. <laughs> if they've clicked on the link with uh, knowing that this is going to be a He-Man uh, stream, I'm sure that they are... <laughs> Ready they're prepared for yeah ready they're and prepared willing. for what what comes next so so uh yeah so first off uh movie came out in, in 1987 uh two theaters uh remarkably um it had a 22 million dollar budget oh do you know how much money it made back uh i'm going to go with probably so i'm sure it was during the height of the he-man like hype and everything uh well like so 87 is a little bit late like masters of the universe was really like 83 82 83 to like 86 87 like this is like kind of the downward swing of its popular okay like right oh. now uh, you're having like transformers and gi joe and things like that that are ninja really kind of taking the place yeah ninja yeah. turtles is another one mm-hmm. um which culminated in that 1990 movie that we covered um, several episodes back. Yeah, so check that out. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, how so much do you think it made on a $22 million budget? I'm I'm going to guess that it made its money back, but not that much. I'll go with 25. 25? Okay, yeah. so um, close, but it did not make its money back. Um, it made $17.3 million Oof. in the box office. Oof. Uh, it's kind of become a cult classic, even though the Rotten Tomatoes is seventeen percent. That oh, is one seven percent. Wow. Is this our um, lowest rated uh, film that I, we've discussed? I think so. I think this is the lowest of the low. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because <laughs> I usually bring stuff that I enjoy, but what I bring is usually kind of on the lower side. I think the goofy side. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, but so the, uh, the entire thing came about because Mattel, uh, I don't know if you've watched the toys that made us, uh, um, there was a, a really good episode on this, but Mattel originally passed on 
the Star Wars toys. So Kenner got that contract. Um, And so they wanted to make their own Star Wars toys, right? Um, Canon got the license to make this film. Uh, Do you know who Canon Films is or the Canon Film Group? Uh, I do not. So uh, Canon Films is, uh, during the 80s, they were kind of the the go-to for schlocky 80s like any anything that you can think of being in the video store as far as like big dudes with guns killing people Mm -hmm. or um slasher movies or just really oddball movies um it's probably a canon movie if it came out in the 80s Mm -hmm. um they made a whole lot of money but they also spent a whole lot of money um and ultimately failed as a company this movie is actually one of the ones that contributed to them failing as a studio yeah um so they got the license to make this film and part of the way that they did that is they even promised to create more characters for mattel to make (laughs) um which you know they're like hey cool we've already put out like i think there are like 600 different masters of the universe action figures (laughs) somewhere in that ballpark um and that may be slightly exaggerated. I, I forget exactly how many different action figures they put out. But, you know, they... The towards character? Like, I only can recognize one character. Oh. And that character was super annoying. Uh, yeah, so Gwildor um, took the place of Orko from the show. Yeah, and um, I liked Orko. The, the magic guy with the zero on his shirt. Yeah, well, so how, how would they do Orko? I don't I know. I mean, you could like, make him look make like an a actual job. wizard. <laughs> i don't know just like put an actual like you know wizard in there well so instead of some annoying dude who was like ah, i think i know everything gwildor is super annoying uh yeah. so they they created gwildor um they created uh mainly it was bad guys i think blade is an original uh character oh and dude with an eye patch and just like sharp yeah like knives and stuff all over him (laughs) easiest character ever um and then uh karg the guy that looked like a purple um troll doll with a hook for a hand oh man okay yeah i barely remember him yeah he's he's kind of the one that's that uh evil lynn butts heads with but uh but yeah those were really the only two i guess they designed the look for skeletor's minions as well oh you Um, mean like the knockoff putty yes the knockoff putties they they absolutely look like knockoff putties um but uh but yeah so they they get this film license um they hire a guy named david odell to write the script um and he had just come off of supergirl and uh the dark crystal Hmm. uh so apparently doing this film was a nightmare uh between canon and mattel uh requests yeah uh, because they have a license so they have a stakeholder in how this movie is turning out yeah um because canon is canon uh and because uh mattel largely knows that they're marketing to kids so they can't be super violent and bloody and gory and all that yeah um canon shows them their first concept art of he-man and so the the sword has blood dripping down it so like apparently this this figure looked more like conan the barbarian than he-man yeah because 
the whoever played He-Man in this movie, yeah, was like a agree. knockoff. Was like a knockoff. Um, Arnold Schwarzenegger. He had like the same sort of accents, the same sort of like you know. So build. interesting note. Dolph Lundgren, um, he also plays, in the 80s, he played Ivan uh, Drago from one of the Rocky movies. Hmm. Um, he he is a massive man. He's also very smart. I think he has, like, a doctorate in, like, biomolecular, like, something, something, something. Like, he's, he's a very smart guy. Huh. But at this point in his career, he was kind of like Arnold in that he's actually, uh, I think Lundgren is German, yeah uh, german yeah, proper whereas as schwarzenegger is um austrian um but but Lund lundgren's german and he had to redub a lot of his lines like he's just speaking phonetically uh, hmm. and has no idea at this point in his career he had apparently no idea what he was saying line wise yeah um and then had to go in and redub everything <laughs> wow Jeez. um but uh the uh, the so the original draft of the script spent way more time on Eternia uh, and Snake Mountain. Uh, it that had been Beast... cool. Yeah, it it would have been cool. Um, it also had Beast Man in a speaking role rather than as like the dude that gets ammonia poured in his face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and also <laughs> revealed that He Man's mother was from Earth, so it it linked the two worlds. Like they were going oh. to come to earth cool. at some point yeah, yeah like that's a good way to link it in together mm -hmm. um frank langella uh apparently jumped at the chance to play skeletor solely because his four-year-old son was a huge fan of masters of the universe uh, i will say um, that skeletor mask was not good it wasn't but I feel like his performance as Skeletor really sells that mask. Like you can tell that he's just wearing a mask with like a skeleton nose drawn on the end of his real nose. <laughs> yeah. But, but I feel like his performance, I'm like, yeah, I want to see more Skeletor like this. This is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, let's see. So John Byrne, who I, I, I talked about, um, when I was, uh, he, he's the artist, uh, that did, uh, I think God loves man kills that I talked about in a Mimi me a few weeks ago. Hmm. Um, he claims that this is the best Jack Kirby new gods movie. Um, all you have to do is change Metron to an ugly dwarf, high father to the sorceress, Skeletor to dark side. Um, and the, even the director of this claims that he tried to get Jack Kirby as on as an artist because hmm. in the eighties, Jack Kirby, even though he's, he's kind of this comics luminary, um, Marvel and DC just kind of chewed up artists and writers back then. If you were not Stan Lee and just spit them out. Yeah. Um, and just to get him some money because you know, he he's unfortunately from a generation of artists that were not treated very well. Uh, but Canon actually shut that down and cut a tribute that they had to Kirby at the end of the film. Um, just because they couldn't really afford him to work or, or afford for him to work on this film. Mm -hmm. um, or I guess they deemed that they could not afford him because again, he's more than likely a starving artist. Yeah. <laughs> it would have worked for whatever. Um, uh, apparently, and I, this goes back to the director. Uh, he, he said that there was a lot lifted from original fantastic four, uh, a lot of Thor, a lot of 
Kirby stuff that's not just new gods. Mm. Um, but the failure of this, along with Superman 4, Life Force, and Over the Top, caused canon to close. Um, like I was saying, they, they're they kind of the studio that, because they were making all this money on the VHS boom, um, they're kind of why actors now get paid millions and millions and millions of dollars. Yeah. Um, Sylvester Stallone made a movie called Over the Top um, that they paid him. I think they paid him like 12 million or 20 million. I can't remember which. Jeez. Um, but over, have you ever seen Over the Top? No, I have not. Um, Stallone plays a trucker who is in an art, like a world arm wrestling championship. And he's wrestling, arm wrestling for like $100,000 and a new rig. Huh? that's it it's yeah like it's an arm wrestling movie <laughs> All right. um but yeah i guess because stallone was big they're like well we'll just throw a lot of money at him and and uh this movie will sell and they were not correct yeah <laughs> um, but but they're one of the studios that, that that's that's why actors can now charge outrageous sums of money that that and also the gigantic box offices that these movies make yeah. um or why actors are paid as much as they are today um but they uh canon actually did have a sequel to this movie uh planned called masters of the universe 2 cyborg um <laughs> so it was it was uh it made to follow he-man returning to earth to fight skeletor uh who turns earth into a post-apocalyptic wasteland uh, and was supposed to feature both Trapjaw and She-Ra, right? Mm. Um, He-Man would have returned to Earth and disguised himself as a professional quarterback for reasons. <laughs> um, and then Cannon refused to pay Mattel's high licensing fee for a second time. Uh, and then they j basically just reused the costumes and sets and made a movie called Cyborg instead. Oh. <laughs> uh, which cyborg if you've never seen it um i used to watch it constantly as a kid because it so it it i can see where they just kind of filed the serial numbers off of this version of masters of the universe to make a new movie yeah. um it's it's a standard like post-apocalyptic sci-fi movie um it's it's got jean-claude van damme in it and he is making sure that a woman is able to get to the cdc in atlanta from i think new york um to give them a a vaccine for for this disease so this might be a, a good pandemic movie to watch if ah, yeah. <laughs> anyone's <laughs> interested um no one's uh tired already of all the pandemic stuff yeah <laughs> um so that covers kind of the backstory of this movie, right? Um, you had never watched this before, right? I have not. Yeah, this was my uh, first time, um, I guess, enjoying it, question mark? Well, so, yeah, what was your what was your impression of it since this is your first time seeing it? <laughs> I mean, it's low budget. Of course it's low budget. Um I I'll stop. It's $22 million. That's not really low budget. <laughs> it seems low budget. Um, yeah. I, I'll, I I'll grant you that. It seems, it seems much more low budget than it was. I don't know if it was just a product of the time or what, but yeah, it, it seemed 
very low budget. It seemed like it didn't really have a direction. Um, <laughs> just because, like, so I would have been a lot more interested if it took, like, place in Eternia. Like, they show Eternia for just a little bit. Yep, um, yep. <laughs> and then it's, like, takes place in the real world and, you know, like, Earth. Yeah, then it's like, oh, we're going to Earth and we're going to go um, mess with some teenagers, I guess. Like, <laughs> yeah. And, like, it's just, it's it's kind of weird with the whole, like, side story, the sad side story of, like, oh, my mom's dead from, like, a plane crash and I'm trying to get out of here. Or not my yeah. mom, but, like, my parents. Doesn't that seem like it was from a different movie that they just kind of jammed in? Yeah. It, like, that's the feeling I got out of place and then that one like annoying character i know that uh, because again i saw the um toys that made us that they were trying to like sell a new toy and everything and they're like everybody yeah. wants like goofy wacky characters and stuff like this this will be our goofy wacky character but it's just like <laughs> it was over the top like yeah. yeah. Well, what? Well, so with the with the Earthlings, um, how did you feel about Detective Lubbock? I the bald guy. I, yeah, I it just I don't know. I just feel like they were just trying to throw too many concepts, like you know how he was this like straight lace cop and everything like that, and <laughs> it, it just it just it felt very um, hectic and unfocused. Like, it was trying to do... Yeah, it feels like it was doing way too much. Like, they probably should have just gotten someone who wrote a Masters of the... Like, was in the writer's room for Masters of the Universe, the cartoon show. Yeah. And had them write a script. Yeah, because, like, this had really nothing to do with Masters of the Universe. Or, like, He-Man, except for, like, some of the characters. Like, even the Sergeant at Arms, he his like character design was just weird. And then, yeah, man at arms is weird oh, in this man, movie. Man arms, and then, right. Well, no. no, they say, they say he's master of arms, man, right? Yeah, yeah. But his name is man. At arms. Yeah. Um, which is really weird. Like, but, but, uh, cause so no, you're, you're right. Like they, they call him, they identify him as the master of arms for castle Grayskull. Um, and Tila, I feel like is also a very strange portrayal of her. Yeah. Um, Like, I don't know. And then like, it feels very like, I guess, Star Wars ripoffish too, with all like the laser blasting and stuff like that. Yeah. I feel like everyone wanted to have their Star Wars. Yeah. (laughs) Where they were like, oh, we'll have these like pew pew guns and stuff like that. And then like, even the scene when I guess... Uh, He-Man meets, again, I don't remember anybody's name, but, like, the main girl who's going to leave and everything, like, he just kind of, like, scoops her up. He's like, trust me, I'm just a burly man. Yeah, well, I mean, that's a fair point. On the other hand, she had to pour ammonia in a in a werewolf's face <laughs> to True. get away from them, and so she's probably like, this big guy with a sword and a laser pistol? Okay, yeah, he's probably got it going on. Like, he can mm-hmm. probably protect me. <laughs> uh, 
I do like the um I did like the concept of like the key being a uh, a musical sort of instrument. I thought that was kind of a cool concept and everything like that. Yeah, I so I I, I did really like that. Um it cracks me up whenever because the guy's a musician, um, he's like, Yeah, it's one of those Japanese synthesizers. Yeah. Um, like this is at the heart of the or like right right towards the end of the Cold War, rather. Um I'm surprised they didn't think it was like a bomb since it was like on the ground and in a crater. Like, why would there be a synthesizer <laughs> in a crater? Maybe you're messing around with unexploded ordnance, dude. <laughs> yeah, maybe you should cool it off. <gasps> yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. No. Like, I I don't know why I like this movie so because I I watch it fairly infrequently and like I I um went because a few days ago i saw that it was free on prime and i guess they lost the license to it or whatever but mm. like this movie is freely available all over youtube um because kind of. the licensing uh rights yeah like kind of um just like a lot of canon stuff it's it's you can probably find it on the internet. I mm. have a DVD of it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> just how I, when I re uh, reverted uh, nice. to watching it. Um, and I only watch it every few years. There's just something in me that, that really, like, it, really I know it's, it. yeah, yeah. like, I know it's a dumb movie. Like it's, it's like, you know, me, my, um, my once or twice yearly watch of, uh, the Dungeons and Dragons movie with Jeremy Irons in it. <laughs> Yeah. And and the thing is, like, there are good parts. Like, I really enjoy Skeletor. He, like, eats up the stage whenever he's there. Like, he, whoever that actor is, like... Yeah, Franklin Jello. Like, yeah. he, he does he a really good job. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think it's hilarious when Skeletor at the end uh, gets his... The, the powers of the universe, right? Mm -hmm. And it just, it blings out his armor so yeah. much... I don't know how he was able to walk around like without his neck snapping with all the prosthetics he had on his head and then that gigantic helmet that he had with these giant yeah. spikes and shit coming out. <laughs> it's just, yeah, like the costuming is just really not the greatest. It's not. Like I can see that they spent a lot of money on like prosthetics and stuff um unfortunately those prosthetics did not age well <laughs> yeah um like i can guarantee you that that's where the majority of their money went for this movie is probably special effects the weird mm -hmm. hoverboard discs um yeah that was an interesting scene too when he was design. chasing the uh putty with the like flying disc yeah. and everything um <laughs> yeah it's it's just you know, it was an entertaining movie and it being like dumb and everything like that. Like it was yeah. bad, but it was like bad in a good way. Yeah, um, like it's the type of movie you watch with your friends. Um, and you make fun of it. Yeah, like whenever we can like hang out again with friends. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, it's, no, it's I, I, I mean, I enjoyed it in its badness. And I, I thought that, again, it did... Like, it did well to entertain. Yeah. Yeah. Which was... Yeah. So, so you would recommend this to someone? Uh, if, yeah, if you caveat. wanted, like... Caveat. 
<laughs> with a caveat if you wanted like a bad movie night where you guys would like watch bad movies together or something like that this would definitely be up there with like uh ninja cop and stuff like that oh yeah 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 um yeah yeah well i i know like i've or that the room or yeah the room exactly yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i um you know a few well it's it's probably more been like a decade at this point but um um you know a decade and some change ago before dragon con's programming really got to what it was now um Mm -hmm. i know i remember looking at at the schedule and going uh well there's uh, nothing going on i want to really be at now but hey there the movie room is showing <laughs> masters of the universe i'm yeah. gonna go check that out yeah so like if it, it's one of those things that like you could do at a con if someone's showing it you know, there's nothing else really interesting you yeah uh, the the only things that like i guess really annoyed me are the um I guess the dwarf character, the the furry guy, um, the guy who is the locksmith. Yeah, Gwildor. Gwildor. Like, whenever he's on scene, it just, I guess, grades on my nerves. Yeah, it's... Like, I really wish that they had something else, like a wizard or, like, anything. Besides, like, his goofy voice and, like, his one-liners. And there are, like, 80 <laughs> one-liners, too, and stuff like that. They're real bad. Well, oh, so so when they first show up and he steals that bucket of chicken, or not bucket of chicken. Not, not, even, of not even before that, when he's talking to the cow, it's annoying. <laughs> when he's, like, mooing at the cow, it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> or even before that, when he's stuck in the mud, it's even yeah. annoying. So, so that character I could, you know, do without and everything. Sure. Um, it is interesting, though, when they're at, like, the chicken place and they're like, oh, this is meat. And th- I guess the girl is, like, kind of... She's disgusted. Man-at-arms is like, hey, when you're hungry, you're hungry. Like, I, and, and they don't even explain it. It's like... I, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Like they apparently attorneys are all vegetarians, but something I said because I, I was rewatching this last night with my wife while we were eating, um, like, like I turned to her and I'm like, wait a minute, so is He Man's power the power of steroids? Because like you don't get that big on veggies, <laughs> and I don't even think that's like truly canon in the animated series, like. They were I, never mean, I, I don't know. I, I yeah. haven't watched those cartoons in years. Although I, I have them on on DVD. Amazon had a a price major price drop on them. Oh, nice. Uh, I think sometime last year, and I was like, "Well, hell yes, I'll pay sixteen dollars for the entirety of Masters of the Universe and Shira." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So that was kind of annoying, and that's kind of like something that you have to grit your teeth and just kind of get through. Yeah, um, if because it's not even it. bad annoying, it's just more just annoying annoying. Yeah, and there's so much that they could have done to like, I don't know, make this better. Like, it, yeah, it well, you been... know how fans will put together um, like fan edits of like Star Wars and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I would be really interested to see what a version of this movie looks like without Gwildor. Yeah. Like if, if someone just cut his stuff out entirely, um, if that would make the movie better. 
Maybe. I'm I don't know sure. how they would do that. Yeah. <laughs> just put um, a giant sensor bar and... Uh, they just black out the screen and be like... And just put uh, text where his, uh, you know, lines are. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, but it was, it was, again, entertaining in like a bad sort of way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I would definitely recommend if people have never seen it before to check it out. Yeah. If, if, if you're, you're a fan. Yeah. If you're a fan, I might say like maybe not yeah. because like you know I know a little bit about He Man and like I was hoping that they would be in um, Eternia or they would like you know do something with some of the uh, main characters, but like. I don't know. It just, it's weird because they have this like relationship between the girl who's like moving away because her parents died. And the only reason that her parents died was so they could use like a scene of the witch, like turning into her mother and like, I guess mind controlling her to get the key or something like that. Yeah. And then Courtney Cox is really, although granted she was probably given this, this bit of direction to take. Um, but her her weird reaction when she finds out it was Evil Lynn and she's just like, no, no. <laughs> like, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, I, yeah, like it, it's it, it's just a really weird bit of incongruous acting for what just happened in the scene. So I'm almost 100% positive that that was the director going, no, no, more emotion. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um... And she's just, Oh, okay. All right. But you want, okay, sure. Um, so, so yeah, that, um, that, that's pretty much what I have on, on this movie, uh, itself. But, um, unless, did, did you have anything else? Um, not really. I mean, like I said, it's, it's a decent movie. Um, if you want like a bad movie to watch, it's definitely not, up there with like real bad movies um i definitely go for ninja cop or maybe the room or something like that mainly because of um that one super annoying character but and if you want you know a good like chuckle and um and you're not spending money like if you want just kind of like peruse it on whatever streaming site or whatever uh yeah I, I would I would recommend it with those kind of caveats of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, you know, I, one of the reasons I think I like this is I, I think I was telling you um, elsewhere that something that Richard pointed out is I really don't like mediocre movies. Like those are the ones that I can't stand. I either like them really good or mm-hmm. really bad. Yeah. Because even the really bad ones, like, try and attempt something. You know, and I feel like they really attempted something with this movie. It just didn't turn out well. <laughs> yeah, and um, it's not like a, like a um, it, it's not like like some bland like reskinned Star Wars because like there's there's thousands of those out there. Uh, yeah, um, I don't know. I, I don't. <laughs> I don't know if they did anything like super new i don't know i i feel like a lot of this was them trying to be on that kind of star wars train and everything like that um oh sure like i'm i i know that they're they're um 
they're they're going after that Star Wars money. Mm-hmm. But like um you know, just in the eighties alone, there were so many movies that were trying to be Star Wars that just were very much not. <laughs> yeah. And like this movie it it doesn't feel like a, a serial numbers filed off Star Wars. Like it, it feels like they were trying to do something interesting and different like especially with the the time travel thing uh and the dimension hopping aspect i i think i would have liked to see a little bit more of that yeah um, or just, like you said just stay in attorney and snake mountain like stay in your goddamn lane and <laughs> don't, yeah don't leave that of, dimension <laughs> that's where i would have liked to been at is just like somewhere yeah. in Eternia. Because um, I mean, Eternity is just desert. Like they, I'm sure they could have built some sets out in the middle of of uh, uh, Nevada, Southern California, Nevada, something like that. Yeah, um, I did think it was funny when they they start the movie by zooming in on the matte painting in transition oh, yeah. to that, and it's like, oh, you you really don't want to zoom in on a matte painting. Like that's really supposed to look like background, but okay. <laughs> All right, you do you, I guess. You do you, I guess. Um, um, but I, I do feel like it wasn't like super uh, innovative. Like I feel like it was kind of a little textbook, and um, yeah. I don't know. I feel like it it was it's good because it's bad and. Like, with, <laughs> so, you know, so there's no redeeming qualities, basically. I, mean, I don't know if I would really watch this. Uh, yeah, that's um, fair. Yeah, and like, you know, I definitely don't think I would rewatch it, um, like by myself. Sure. Um, I definitely would again suggest it maybe for a bad movie night, but after we watched like <laughs> the classic bad movies and stuff like that. Um, but I can sort of see where you're coming from and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause it's, it's certainly not like a dark star or like a Galaxina or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Um, but I yeah, I actually they would have taken a little bit more chances with like what they were doing and everything. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I, I do wish that they had maybe created way more new characters. Um, but on the same time, I feel like there were also way too many characters on screen. So I don't, I don't know how to remedy that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if new characters. I wish that they kind of just like stayed true to lore a little bit instead of like trying to make it its own thing, yeah. where they decided that they would feature like a one new character and then, you know, have it here in, uh, you know, earth and stuff like that. I wish they would have kind of taken a page out of Conan where it was in this like strange world where people have kind of like gotten to know, um, He-Man and like, he didn't even say his line. He didn't even like, yell out by the power of gray skull like he well he did shout out i have the power but yeah you're right like he he they cut out half of the line that he man is known for <laughs> yeah so like what's up with that <laughs> like that's that's what he's known for 
is shouting that. And then, like, it would have been kind of cool to sort of, like, see him, um, again, like, they had all this lore to work with, and it just feels like they kind of didn't work with any of it. Yeah. Um, because it would have been cool to sort of, like, you know, see him transform or, like, you know, him being introduced as his, I forget, what was his, like, alter ego self? Oh, was, uh, Prince Prince Adam. Prince Adam, yeah. It would have been yeah. interesting to sort of see, like, that kind of aspect and everything, but, eh. Yeah, I mean, I, I am looking forward to the Kevin Smith-run animated show, I think. that I think it's going to be on Netflix later this year. It might be Amazon. Hmm. But um, but yeah, like they, there's a new animated version coming. So I'm interested to see what that looks like. Yeah. Um, as far as Masters of the Universe as a franchise, like I feel like the. I, I don't feel like younger generations of people are as into the idea of He-Man, if yeah. I'm being honest. Like, I feel like the, the new stuff is primarily targeted at. um. Well, although that's not true, because Shira is really popular, apparently, mm-hmm. among children of that age group. But like a, a lot of the stuff with with Masters of the Universe, I feel like is aimed at people like our age and, and even older um, than us, because they, they would have been kids in the early 80s, as opposed to just being wee babies. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I, I don't know. I feel like the audience is kind of hit or miss nowadays but um they're apparently planning a reboot um yeah a reboot uh, of the series not of the movie uh well no a reboot of the movie oh the movie i thought they so, were rebooting the series so they, they are rebooting the cartoon series mm-hmm. like there is going to be an animated series um but so here well they may or may not be rebooting the movie so um, I did a little digging around, and so in 07, John Woo was directing, uh, and then the rights lapsed and went back to Mattel. Mm-hmm. Uh, September of 09, Sony takes over the rights from Warner Brothers for a live-action movie after Mattel and Joel Silver um, cannot agree on a, uh, I guess, creative direction for, mm-hmm. for, the, for the, the film to go in. Um April of 2010, uh, Sony hires a guy named Mike Finch and Alex Litvak to write a draft of a script. Uh, Warner Brothers announces that John Stevenson, who did uh, Kung Fu Panda, will now direct. Okay. Uh, sometime in 2012, John Chu is hired to direct. Uh, he did uh, G.I. Joe Retaliation in 2013. Hmm. Um, and they've announced that Dolph Lundgren will play King Randor, who is He-Man's father. Oh, nice. Um, March of 2013, John Chu says that the story is still early, uh, or is set early and is an origin story. Uh, October of that that year, uh, Chu announced that he is no longer directing. Uh, Terry Rossio uh, is hired to write a script set entirely on Eternia. So this is not good because now we've had three people working on the script, (laughs) right? Uh, January of 2014, Joe Cornish, who did Attack the Block, which we'll have an episode coming up. Yeah, that was a really good movie. Uh, on, yeah, yeah, I, I really like that. Uh, Ryan Johnson, who did Looper uh, at the time, also did uh, Last Jedi more recently, um, and then Andre Musietti, who did Mama and It, uh, were named as front runners to direct. Mm-hmm. 
Um, February of 2014, Mike Cahill, uh, who's an indie director, producer, stuff like that. Jeff Wadlow of Kick-Ass. Harold Zwart of Mortal Instruments, City of Bones. And Chris McKay of the Lego Batman movie uh, Mm -hmm. from from 2017 uh, is now on the shortlist to direct. So Mm. those previous guys, no longer on it, right? Yeah. Um, April of 2014, Wadlow is hired to direct. Um, And he's rewriting the script. (laughs) Um, So now that's four people (laughs) working on the script. Um, August 2015, Chris Yost, um, who did thor the dark world um although to be fair he's also done the mandalorian and cowboy bebop as well uh is announced as the writer january 2016 mcgee is hired to direct and oversee a draft of the script by lit back and finch from back in 2010 right so now they've reverted yeah <laughs> um april 2017 the film's going to be released they say it's going to be released december of 2019 um, Mick G is gone as director and now David S. Goyer is hired to write the script. Um, at the end of that year, uh, Goyer is also named as the director. Just two months later, he says that he's going to be an, uh, executive produce, uh, or an executive producer, uh, and then leaves to work on other projects. Um, he's happy mm. with the script he turned in, uh, and meeting with people to find replacements, uh, Carlos Huante, uh, he's a creature designer for ILM and worked on the original Filmation cartoon, uh, was hired by Goyer and claims that Goyer's version would be way too expensive to shoot uh, as it is written, because what he has is on scale with like a Lord of the Rings trilogy. Yeah, Um, I don't think He-Man's getting that kind of... uh... No, no, yeah, like he... Quante says that that you know Goyer's ideas are no longer going to be used because it's impossible. Yeah. Um. So April of 2018, the Knee Brothers, who are indie directors, uh, are hired to direct the film. Um. January of last year, uh, Art Markham and Matt Holloway, who did Iron Man, Transform, uh, Transformers, The Last Night, and Men in Black International, um, mm-hmm. are hired to write yet another draft of the screenplay. <laughs> Um, and then they're supposed to start shooting in July of 2019 in Prague. Um, March of 2019, a guy named Noah uh, Centineo is hired to play He-Man. Um, he's confirmed in April. And then Sony announces that the new release date is March 5th, 2021. I don't think that's going to happen, given the current uh, times we live in. Yeah. Uh, you want to see if we can get our hat in the ring to write a masters of the universe film. Like they, they have I mean, like six different scripts floating around between all these different directors. Yeah, couldn't do any worse than, uh, than this. Yeah. Movie. I, yeah. I don't think we could do any worse than this movie and probably not as bad as what it sounds like Goyer turned in. Yeah. <laughs> Although, that sounds really cool. Like, don't get me wrong. David S. Goyer, um, you know, he wrote the dark Knight. Um, mm-hmm. he does some good stuff. Now I really want to take a look at this script <laughs> and see how it's like a Lord of the Rings trilogy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that would be cool to sort of see He-Man get that kind of treatment, but, like, the IP isn't that strong. Like, there's not, like, outcries of people wanting a new He-Man movie. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, if if they spend two hundred million, like I was looking at this price breakdown, like given the additional marketing you have to do with a two hundred million dollar like blockbuster mm-hmm. to break even, you're looking at needing between eight and nine hundred million dollars. And yeah. I don't like if Warcraft cannot do good numbers. Um, as much as I love the Warcraft movie. It, it bombed horribly. Um, if Warcraft can't do that, I really don't think that Masters of the Universe could. Yeah, so. <laughs> because again, like, your only, I guess, big major market um, is the She-Ra on Netflix and everything like Yeah, that. exactly. Which isn't even really He-Man. Like, the last she's time... a sister. <laughs> yeah, does, but he doesn't even show up in the um, in the show. Yeah, I I don't think like they may have a crossover episode here and here and there in the original run, but um he doesn't in the original either. Um, yeah, yeah, it's, which it, is it, kind of weird if they're related that he's just like, yeah, you can. I'm I'm gonna you know get into this pissing match with this guy with a skeleton for a face. You can take on Hordak and all these armies that are actually probably more of a threat. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just gonna beat the shit out of this muscly skeleton. I've got this skeleton. <laughs> like goofy crew of just like <laughs> man and other man and yeah <laughs> and fistor you know what fistor does he's got a really big arm yeah <laughs> punches things <laughs> you know i came up with a uh, character concept when i was like 12 of uh of that <laughs> that same concept of just like big fist men with a robotic arm <laughs> yeah. um, um but uh but yeah so i guess now at 45 minutes in we can kind of move on to me 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 are you sure (laughs) are you sure you don't want to milk this before anymore (laughs) no i don't think we can we can mine the depths of this because i'm i'm sure i have a notebook somewhere filled with like doodles of he-man villains that are like your sketches (laughs) sketches and like i just look so cool as a toy yeah jaw man he'll have a giant jaw yep that's trap jaw yeah. zach <laughs> congratulations you have you have made a character that already exists oh <laughs> i'm a man man <laughs> <laughs> um so um so yeah I, I guess i can start off if that's okay with you yeah knock it out i don't really okay. have that much okay yeah I, I i didn't either um okay. but um so i i watched um hobbs and shaw right um have you seen hobbs and shaw uh i've seen previews of it i know it's part of the fast and furious like franchise so if you act quick it's only uh 6.99 on amazon to buy Mm. it's fantastic it's it is the epitome of an 80s action movie but it's done today um it there, there are just so many mind-boggling points when I was watching it where I was just like, what the hell am I watching right now? Like, it's it's this weird mixture of sci-fi, but also with sci-fi? all of the, like... Yeah, yeah, there's sci-fi. I, so, if you I haven't... Thinking of... It's it's from the Fast and Furious franchise, Yeah, it's, right? it's Fast and the Furious present, but there's not a whole lot of, like... Like, I mean, I guess Jason Statham drives around in a McLaren. Like, is it just his daily driver car? Which is a really bad thing to do, just for a number of reasons. <laughs> but, um... 
you know, mainly because someone will beat your head in and take that car. <laughs> and secondly, because it won't get to where you're wanting to go. But yeah. um yeah, so it's a it's a Fast and the Furious movie without really any car chases. Like the Rock's character um just tends to drive these big trucks that go through walls, right? Yeah. So he doesn't really get in too many car chases. Idris Elba is the main villain. And he is a, and this is all in the trailer, right? So this is not me spoiling anything. He is a cybernetically enhanced super soldier. Oh. <laughs> um, huh. It's bizarre that they were just like, what is this franchise known for? Racing and family. Okay, well, we'll keep the family, lose the racing, add a bioweapon? <laughs> yeah. It's it's super strange. Like, um, you know, The Rock is good as he is in all things, but there was a um, there was a bit where he he says what agency he works with, right? And it's like, like D DSS or DSDS, um, three DS. I, I forget what it is. But when I was watching it, I was like, that's not a real agency. And I looked it up, and sure enough, it it actually is like uh, it's it's the law enforcement division of the secretary of state's office so like mm -hmm. if like they basically go after international crime right mm -hmm. um but they are there is a real law enforcement agency but so you know police officers have to fire a certain caliber of weapon right um just so they can keep track of rounds yeah Largely because they buy in bulk, but also they need to be like, okay, so this round went into this part of the wall uh, in a shootout. With the, you know, there's accountability. Um, I went to the lovely, lovely website, Internet Movie Firearms Database, where okay. if it's a movie or a video game and you, like, you do a search for it, it will break down all of the weapons that they use in it, right? Yeah, I didn't know And that. sometimes they leave snide notes, like, especially in video games, like, they'll comment on, like, yeah, you see him reload, but if you look closely, the magazine doesn't have any rounds in it, so, oops. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, kind of, but, I mean, it, it's an interesting resource to use, because I was like, wow, The Rock is firing a really, really gigantic gun. What is that? And so, like, I, I look it up, and it's apparently some boutique custom revolver that is made by like a guy in Italy and like each weapon costs like $6,000. And it's like, there is no way a federal agent is running around with a $6,000 firearm made custom for him by some random Italian dude. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> but it looks cool. Like, I feel like that's all of the Fast and the Furious movies. They have to look cool and they have to be about family. And this yeah. one definitely is about family. Yeah, um, but with the sci-fi aspect. Yeah, I, I don't know where that came from. It came out of left field for me, uh, even though it was in the trailer. Uh, I guess I just missed it. I was just like, oh, yeah, I guess Idris Elba is just I mean, running. I saw the trailer and I didn't know that there was a sci-fi element to it. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm, well, I mean, and that's not really a spoiler. Like, that doesn't really have anything to do with the plot. Um, it's just, it's a, a jarring, like... A pretty big plot point. Yeah, you think they would make that a bigger plot point. <laughs> that we've got super soldiers now, but but they really don't. 
Um, anyway, I, I, I recommend it. It's a, it's a very fun movie. Um, and and it's super cheap on Amazon right now too. So it won't be taking up space on your, uh, in your DVD collection. (laughs) (laughs) Um, did, did you want to go next or did you just fire through the time? I mean, I really just have one thing and, uh, that's, I started playing, uh, the banner saga. It's, oh, uh, nice. Yeah, so it was on sale on Steam. Um, it had been on my wish list. It was actually an indie game that was kickstarted a while ago. Yeah. Um, and it, it, it had always interested me just because well, you I do. tactical RPGs. Yeah, and it's got like a really cool theme. It's got that like Nordic theme and everything, which is pretty cool. Um, so I thought, hey, why not give it a, a try and see what it was about? So I ended up buying it. It was only like $4 and everything. And um, I've been really enjoying it. Um, usually before I buy a game, I will check online. Um, there's a, a website. I think it's How Long the Beat. And it'll usually tell you like the average time that it takes to beat a particular game. Yeah, Just, I, I check that out fairly frequently. <laughs> yeah, it, it gives me an idea that, you know, if I'm going to be able to devote like 100 hours to a game or, you know, a fairly short amount. And this game actually clocks in around like 15 hours, which is fairly reasonable for, you know, a, um, a tactical game. Yeah. Um, and I've really been enjoying it. Um, they had professional um, musicians uh, play the music, the soundtrack on yeah. this uh, game. And it's beautiful. It really does set the uh, mood. The ambiance is great. Um, the illustration, whoever did the animation is amazing. Like it's kind of got that old school sort of feel that um, sort of... Uh, I guess sorcerer and stone kind of feel to it. Um, okay. Yeah, and um, it just it looks amazing. And... Yeah, the art style is really what draws me to that because, like, as you know, like I'm not a huge tactical fan, but um, but if the art or the story is good enough to pull me in, like I'll I'll check it out. Like, and I I think I have the Banner Saga trilogy on PS4 because I think a while ago they were running a sale on that as well. Yeah, and I, so I kind of knew it was a trilogy. Like, I knew that they made additional games. I didn't know that yeah. they made, you know, a lot of games. I thought right. they had made, like, one or two. But um, I did find out that it was a trilogy, um, which I guess is fine for me. Um, I I guess when I finish the game, I'll determine if I want to play the second or third one. But um, it's been a lot of fun. Um, the tactical part is very basic, um, which is nice. Um, it's not like a large grid that you have to sort of maneuver. You yeah. really have like very few stats. Like coming from Fire Emblem, where you have a gajillion stats and you've got to like manage all of your skills and your items and things along those lines. Yeah. Um, this very simple but i do like that simplicity i also do enjoy that um it's not going to take me too long to beat 
Like I've put in about sure. seven hours in the game, and yeah, I'm halfway through it. Yeah. So the time to beat is fairly accurate. And okay. um, yeah, I think if you're in the mood for like a tactical game, if you enjoy like XCOM or Fire Emblem or something along those lines, and you don't have too much time, I would probably recommend buying it. Um, you know, grabbing it for the $4. I'm not sure if it'll be on sale, but like Steam usually runs its Steam sale and everything like that. So I'm sure you'll probably be able to get it then. Yeah, and it's an older game, so I would assume that it's um, it's more likely to be on sale than not. Like, I get notifications every now and then of, like, Crypt of the Necrodancer is only 99 cents now. It's That's like, actually yeah. a really good game, too. Yeah. I've, I've played that a couple of times, and I've really enjoyed myself with that game. Yeah, um, I mean, there is a reason that guy was able to... Because Nintendo doesn't really get people to do, like, mainline entries mm -hmm. at all. But, like, they, they contracted him to do the Cadence of Hyrule. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, nice. same guy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, his beats that he um, he creates and everything. I've got, like, a Spotify, or a Spotify playlist, and I've got a couple of his songs in there since they're really, like, jamming. As the kids say, they really slap. <laughs> yeah. That is what the kids say. Um, but yeah, I've, I've been really enjoying it. Um, I, uh, it's kind of funny. Um, I was talking to somebody and there are a lot of like decisions that you have to make. So the game really does focus on like your decisions matter. Yeah. And, um, there's a lot of like travel time in the game because you're moving your caravan, you're moving your people from one place to another and you'll have these like decisions kind of pop up and it feels very organ trail-esque because okay. like depending on your decision you could like lose clan members or you can lose warriors and stuff like that so i thought that aspect was very cool like it was kind of a cool concept that like it felt kind of a uh, organ trail-esque so if you enjoy organ trail and you enjoy uh tactical rpgs I would recommend this game. This game's probably right up your alley. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, I, I need to I've because I've I've had more free time, I've been running through lots of video games, and I think that's the next series I'm gonna focus on. Yeah, I mean, I think you would enjoy it. Um I know that you're not a big fan of um tactical games, yeah. but it does like the tactics part isn't the only part of the game. There's like a lot of decisions where like, you know, you're trying to keep up the morale of your uh, clan because like you have these clan members that you're trying to transport and then you have these fighters and then you have to like make decisions. Like there was oh, so this it's kind of got like a manu uh, management simulation style. In there. Not, not, no, not, not really. Yeah. It, it kind of gives you like choices, like, you know, these are, um, again, like Orient Trail, these are predetermined choices. Like, you uh, know, in okay. the game, uh, there will always be this drunk person. And, like, the drunk guy almost set fire to one of my tents because he was drunk. <laughs> and you have the option of, like, 
you can either exile him or give him a break or like try to tell him to sober up. So I was like, yeah, I'll tell him to like sober up. I'll give him another chance. And then he fucked up again. And then I kicked him out into the wilderness. I was like, <laughs> you get one chance with me, guy. Um, so one fuck up and that's it. <laughs> yeah, out, out in the wilderness. Um, and, you know, so that like boosted the morale of my um, my clans members. But I lost some warriors because they all decided to go with him. Oh, so, that's a problem. So it's, it's like, you know, they have these, they're not random um you know, events, they're predetermined events, but depending on your decision, you'll either like lose clan members or you'll lose food or you'll gain food. So it's interesting. Well, that's cool. Yeah. So that's, that's what I've been uh, chomping on so far. Okay. Um, well, so I, uh, watched the John Wick trilogy uh, I'd seen the first one before, but I'd never seen the second or third one. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like the third one's the strongest. Uh, if no one has seen the John Wick movies, um, they're basically revenge thrillers uh, where you get to watch Keanu Reeves be a badass and murder his way through crime families. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Um, that's that's about it. Like, the story is not very deep. Um in terms of the world building of those movies, uh, it's absolutely fascinating. Like there's this entire lore about assassins and the assassins guild. Um, I could totally see like a video game being made out of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, I was, um, I feel like it's an example for people who are new to role-playing who, uh, kind of don't understand how fights in like say D and D work where like, Oh no, this entire round happens in six seconds. Like oh, yeah. if, if you are a trained fighter, then fights typically don't last very long. It's not like, you know, two randos who get mad at each other and start swinging fists around. Like if you know how to end a fight, you will end a fight. Yeah. <laughs> um, but they're really cool. Like they're, they're very slick and stylish. Um, like I said, I, I feel like the third one's the strongest. Um, the weakest one I feel like is probably the second. Um, Hmm. it's like, it's not very memorable. Like it's, it's not paced very well and it's not very memorable. Um, it is an important part, um, of, of the trilogy because, uh, all of these basically happen one right after another. So like the first one happens. And then I think there's like, there's like a month and a half or so between the first and second one. And then the third one is like happens immediately after the second one. Mm -hmm. So there's a very short time that, that happens movie time. Right. Um, but yeah, the, the, the third one by far, the action is the coolest. Um, it's the most slick and most produced. Um, yeah, I've only seen the first one, and um, was it was very enjoyable. Oh, okay. no, it was it was enjoyable. Um, I don't know. I just never got around to watch the second or third one. Yeah, that was me too. But I, um, you know, over over my birthday weekend, I just kind of like because I, I don't really do anything. Like I just watch movies and buy buy shit yeah, well, <laughs> for myself. I just treat myself. Do things now. Oh, well, yeah, I mean, this is even before 
everything going on. Like really the only thing I do is I'll go to lunch and dinner with my wife and then she tolerates me spending way too much time and way too much money in record shops and comic shops. <laughs> like I basically treat it as a treat yourself day. Yeah, um, but uh, like the trilogy, um, like all three movies were on Amazon um, streaming for like, laying, and I knew that I would, I would buy it because I, I already had the first one. Uh, the second and third ones were only like three or four bucks per movie. And so I was just like, well, I'll, I'll add these to the, <laughs> to the other one that I have. Yeah. Why not? Uh, yeah. I mean, cause it's, it's less than 10 bucks for me to finish this trilogy. May as well. Right. <laughs> Is the dog um, still a prominent character in the second and third movie? Um, not so much so like in the second one he you know at, at the end of the first one he gets that that yeah he uh, picks up bowl. that stray um so the dog is there but he really only you really only see it when he leaves it in the care of the concierge mm-hmm. uh caron um and then in the third one the dog stays in the care of the concierge he gets a little bit more screen time, but yeah, the, the dog is not really a prominent no. uh, character. Hmm. Uh, there's also no, like, more, other than the first one, there's no, like, dog violence, so. That's good. Yeah. I mean, there, there's a scene in, I think, I think it's the third one. Yeah, there, there's a scene where, like, a dog, quote-unquote, gets shot, but it's wearing one of those Kevlar vests. Um, hmm. So, like, it it, it yelps, but like it, it gets back up. Like it's yeah. not a, a fatal wound. Um, and then uh, the other thing I did is I played through, I'm working my way through the Uncharted series because it's it's a series that I've never played before, mm-hmm. but someone recommend, uh, recommended to me. Um, and I think two or three months ago, the Nathan Drake collection was the free download for PS Plus um which is the first three games and then last month i think the um the uh fourth one was the download and so i was like oh okay well i guess i should play through these games so now i can get rid of them because i had them on disc but i was like well if it's free i may as well just take the disc to mckay's whenever i can do that again uh and just keep them downloaded but the uh so I, i made my way through the first one have you ever played Uncharted? Do you like, um, like ac- action puzzle platformers? No, I, I've seen it played though. So, well, so so like the um, the thing that I like so far is that it's kind of like an Indiana Jones, mm-hmm. um, in that you know there are people out there that are treasure hunters and like niche historians, right? But the type of history and treasure that this character is going after is usually like mythical in origin, which why why would anyone focus on that? Like that's never going to make you any money. Mm -hmm. Uh, But because he's a pulp action hero, you know, like he inevitably finds whatever he's looking for. So like in the first one, lost city of Atlantis or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Like he's, um, or Midas's gold. 
Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like those would be really good examples of the type of thing that would be in this. But like the um, the first one, he's going after the um, city of El Dorado. Um, and I like how it starts off kind of as a. Like a real real world thing, quote unquote, um, and then it devolves into supernatural gibberish and it is mm. like, OK, we're going balls to the wall. This is video game now. Yeah. <laughs> You're just murdering your way out of these zombies. Right um so it's fun um it's it's very video gamey um but that's probably because i think the first one came out in like 08 or so Mm -hmm. so it was like on ps3 um and it's it's very much a video game (laughs) yeah um it doesn't quite have the realism of current day games because the graphical processors weren't there um I feel like one of the weaknesses of of the the game series so far that I've played my way through um, is that it's standard Naughty Dog stuff. And by by that, I mean, I feel like Naughty Dog wants to make a movie uh, and <laughs> less a game. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So it's kind of like a walking simulator. Uh, well, no, because I mean, like there is like puzzle solving and you're traversing like like large large distances between platforms and like not getting crushed by falling objects and stuff like that um it's just the amount of cinemas that are in it and the amount of times that it will and and this is more because of the generation of video game that it is um like weapons will switch between cinematics even though they were like right at one right after another it's like wait a minute i had more than a pistol like 30 seconds ago why do i not why do i only have a pistol now where did my shotgun go (laughs) Mm -hmm. like it it gives you what it wants you to have because it's trying to show you a story by your interaction with it yeah um which i mean there is a mode i i think there's a mode where you can just put it on and watch it play out as a movie oh if you just don't that might be a different game yeah like it's one of the easy easy settings uh where you can just watch the action go but um but yeah like i always start out like i'm a a start on hard kind of guy and then bump the difficulty down if it's way too much if it's yeah way too hard for you um whereas like from from what i can tell the differences between the difficulties on on this game as far as i've been able to read is that it doesn't change the type of game that it is if that makes sense it um it just means that your weapons do less damage and you can take less hits hmm. which is a frustrating way of doing difficulty cuz like i don't know if you like played halo like way 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 back in the day yeah, but like i played halo well, like when you play on legendary versus nor- like normal, it's just a FPS. Mm-hmm. If you bump that up to legendary, like the hardest setting, it becomes an entirely different game. Like it becomes a cover based shooter. Yeah. Right. You have to be a little bit more tactical and where you go to like. But I mean, hot, like it, it changes the way you have to play, whereas a game like this just by bumping up the difficulty it just makes it more frustrating to play like there's there's less things being tickled in my head when i'm playing it i guess so like i just play through this on on normal yeah because it's not like they add additional puzzles or add additional steps to puzzles or anything like that 
Um, but it is a good game. I recommend it. Just be ready for that going into it if you're unaware. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that that was the last thing that that I had. Yeah, I think that's pretty much it for me as well. Okay, cool. Well, so um, I guess the uh, the book club book is uh, the Last Unicorn. Yeah. Um, which we'll be covering in a little bit, and mm-hmm. um, the uh, email is backrysupershow at gmail Our Facebook is on. Um, I was toying around with doing more nerd fights. Um, since no one has anything to do, <laughs> um, maybe not. Uh, record an episode around them but just like pit two characters against each other and see which one's more popular Um, yeah we could always uh shoot for that yeah and um yeah so next week we'll be talking about uh gaia online oh yeah uh, which which is a game from yeah it's from way back in the day (laughs) which it's interesting i never used it back in the day you did I did. Um, and then yeah. I I created an avatar, uh, well, which I, I can get into uh, at another point, but I recently created an avatar just to see what it's like. And it's, it seems like it's a different experience. <laughs> yeah, I logged back in uh, just recently, too. You remembered to your password? Yeah, it's the same password. That, well, <laughs> <laughs> I don't use the same password for everything. <laughs> <laughs> I might edit that out. Um, yeah. <laughs> but uh yeah, we'll see you guys in a couple of weeks and uh as always uh stay safe. Yeah. And, uh, good night. Bye.